whomever's listening, I am the night talker, a friend of contemplative dialogue that manages to sit quietly during the day, and when the day is done, he speaks. Would you think on these things? that at some point or another we'll see some increase in numbers but until then we're laboring uh, with the Roman text and I'm learning so much about how to help people learn uh, what's going on with the biblical text so I don't want to turn this into a Bible study because the night talker we, we, we talk about concepts that, that are floating I'm meditating on concepts and thinking about ideas and there's this idea that, that, that it gets me really really uh, fire it up uh, in terms of uh, how does one evaluate his present time? How do you how do you how do you view uh, uh, a God at work in a world that's like ours, uh, seemingly riddled with such disparity and such death and destruction? These concerts that it, that it erupt into horrible. Oh, we don't even want to get into the, 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 just the information alone. Uh, the justice system, oh my goodness. We're, just, we're seemingly in such terrible places in human existence, and it seems to be easier now to disregard human life and disregard one another. It just seems to be an easy time, and, and, and if, if, you're, if, you're, if, if you're a student of biblical history, uh, the history of God's relationship with his people, you discover that God is often infuriated by uh, the people's treatment of one another. Uh, wealth being gained on the backs of the poor and, and the lesser and the lower getting the least. And that's always just been a place of, of a touchy place in, in the biblical structure in history. Uh, God in activity with his people reveals him calling for a justice that men struggle with. Now that's just that's just preaching. I'm, I'm trying not to do that. What I want what I want to talk about is Isaiah's concept that Paul uses. See now it seems that the Jews in a quick way, uh, are not catching on to uh, the testimony of Jesus Christ in the Roman Church in the way that the Gentiles are, and he's very disappointed. Chapters nine, ten, and eleven. Very very disappointed because. It would, it would seem that because uh, Israel is the elect, that she would be open, completely open to this God who has given them covenant of stance and promise and showed himself strong, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Paul is just devastated by the fact that the Jews are just renouncing, refusing to have faith in the testimony of Jesus Christ as a movement of the same God who gave them the mosaic consciousness and the covenant agreement in community that somehow or another the law now must give way to this Christ and his claims. They were not handling that, and Paul was tore up. And he, he agonized over that in that ninth chapter and resolved it with in, in a number of ways. But here's something he says. He borrows the metaphor of Isaiah regarding the stumbling stone. 
she basically says, see, I'm, I'm laying in Zion, a stone that will make people stumble to, to understand, stumble over the rock uh, that will make them fall. Yeah, that's how I want to say it. You know, he's, he's laid in Zion, a stumbling stone that will make people stumble, a rock that will make them fall. Yes, the implication from the metaphor of the Isaiah prophecy is that God threw a stone out there. Now, of course, the stone is Jesus Christ, and it's all about them changing their minds. And because they won't change their minds, and they're pushing away uh, the, the prophecy, the prophet says that God threw it out there for them to stumble and fall over. What has that got to do with anything? Well, it's got a lot to do with everything. <laughs> Pandemics. Stumbling stone. That God has placed that we might fall over and recognize that something has to change. I, I simply believe, I simply believe that the patterns uh, the global patterns uh, of movement in recent years with viruses, as well as lawlessness of all kinds, I think that this is all a part of the stumbling stone. The rock that God has placed in human existence so that men will stumble and fall of it because of the notion of changing your mind. It is a very sad commentary when men and women of affluence and wealth and knowledge and science would yield to their own consciousness and become so ignorant and so bound in their ignorance that changing their minds about things becomes a violent revolution. But in doing so, one learns the quality and the texture and the character of those who resist and those who participate. There is a common denominator that runs through people who simply will not have regard for other people to the point that they would inconvenience themselves. I won't say the buzzword, mask. <laughs> I won't say it because it just disturbs people. But beneath the consciousness of wearing a mask to protect yourself and others is the deeper message of where is the compassion of a nation who prints on its money and God we trust. <laughs> to declare a nation that believes in God and allows for religious freedom, we certainly are restricted to some very strange categories, one of which is show no compassion if it doesn't benefit you. And if it benefits you, you determine how much of it you'd like to have. <laughs> and you measure who can and cannot have it. It, it, it is unfortunate that, that, that we have watched 
the situation evolved now into, rather than a story of compassion and concern and intercession and intervention on behalf of our, our brother and our sister, it is now a question of personal rights. How narcissistic can you get? How drunken by affluence and freedom can you become? At some point or another, one has to recognize that I'm taking advantage of the advantage of taking the advantage of the advantaged. That standing where we stand, we ought to be able to see further beyond what we see. But we don't, because it inconveniences me to straighten up and stretch out and look beyond myself and see people hurting. And then there's the other extreme where we look way over there and we never look right down the street. What is it about us that makes us so personally and so privately and so aware of only those things that are special to us? <laughs> you know, uh, percept uh, uh, selective perception. It, it, it boggles the mind. We can go. We can go as long as we want to, driving this old Ford, and then we trade up and we get us a nice car, and all of a sudden we see our nice car everywhere. Everybody's driving our nice car because now we selectively see and perceive, and we are aware and we are alert of what we have. And it's always a weeness. It's always a weeness. It's always about what I have to do. We. It's never just about other folk. It has to be so attached to us. <sighs> no wonder he threw a stone to make them stumble over a rock to make them fall, to bruise their knees so they will look down and go, my knees are bruised, and why are my knees bruised? Because I'm only looking at my knees. If I would look up into the eyes of another person and decide what I see in them, is something I can do about it by doing something in me. Hmm. Well, I think about that stuff like that. Like, I think about it a lot. That idea of, of, of the metaphor that God is actually, Paul says to the Jews, more invested and more involved in you changing your mind than you realize. Sometime he'll toss a stone to make you stumble and fall. And perhaps after you've fallen and fallen deep enough into your narcissism, you might be able to look up and see the divinity of God at work and welcome the invitation to participate. Because when we do things like that, when we, when we honor our brother, when we're concerned about our sister, when we intervene on the behalf of other people, we're simply, we, we are simply, simply participating in the divinity of God. We have tapped into what makes us in his image, and we are moving the way his Christ moved, and that pleases God. Now, that's Christian. I understand. But the notion of caring about another person is a religious standard, a spiritual 
<laughs> arrival and a godly declaration and a mandate that comes before the judgment ultimately he tossed the, the stone out there so that he wouldn't have to judge you in there hmm. I think it's about time we recognize the stumbling stone of our day for the Jew it was the cross of Calvary the claim and testimony of Jesus and for us the very same thing isn't it funny how time doesn't change we just keep stumbling over the rock that the God of our hearts tossed in to help us to see it's time more than time to make a change think on these things. Listening is indeed a gift. Thinking is man's way of avoiding himself as he comes to know himself. Join in again next time. We'll see you then.